It's a thing these days, kind of a retro way of living, where the grandparent plays host to an adult grandkid. Think of it as a twist on assisted living, but in this scenario, the grandparents are assisting the adult grandkids as much, if not more, than the other way around. A place to stay, an occasional homemade meal, and a confidant. That's what our next guest got in exchange for a life with someone nearly four times his age. I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And in this episode of The Grand Life, we're talking to Aaron Larson, founder of Grandparents Academy. He's here to talk about his experience living with his grandparents on two separate occasions for different reasons. The first time Aaron moved in with a grandparent was when he found a job near where his grandma Grace lived. And also, I just loved my grandma. I just, uh, she was one of the the people growing up I always looked up to, but she was very much in the background. My her husband, my grandpa Grace, he was my real childhood hero. He was the one who who took us to uh, the the cinemas, and we would skip in the lo- lobby singing Hakuna Matata, and and he was a barber, so we got our haircuts uh, by him, and and he would take us to this nickel arcade where there were all sorts of video games. You'd just go in, and and you get all these nickels, just a mountain of nickels that you would go up and just plug them in the machine. It was the greatest thing ever. And then we'd come home, and Grandma would make us grilled cheese and and give us a Coke, and so she was always kind of behind the scenes. But uh, I always felt like she was a stable, uh, comfortable source in my life. Mm-hmm. Now, you were how old at this point? 20? Yeah, it was right after college. Yeah. Yeah, your grandpa had already passed away. Is that right? Yeah, my grandpa Grace. Yes, he passed away in 2001. I graduated in 2008. And he passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease. And so it was it was really a, t- a tough time watching if if you're not familiar with Lou Gehrig's disease, it, it's a, a disease that basically messes up the, uh, the way that your brain um, talks to your muscles. And, and the person who has it, they, they gradually just deteriorate in front of your eyes. So it was, it was a, a really tragic way to, to watch my hero pass. Oh, yeah. I mean, how old were you when that started to happen, when you started to see signs that he had ALS? Oh, it was around 15, around 15, 14, 15. And it went by actually pretty quickly. He got the diagnosis and within, I think it was seven or eight months, uh, he was gone. So mm. it was, it was a sad time, but, but let me tell you something that was inspiring when I think about life and, and after the experiences I've had with my grandparents and I see how, uh, how short it can be and how precious it is. I thought it was really important just to share how how my grandpa uh, kind of led, kind of went the home stretch and 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 really you know circled the bases and and uh, uh, ended up um, really making the most out of the last part of his life. He decided that he would um, learn how to use digital cameras, and he started to take pictures of anything that would inspire him around the house. So he started taking creative pictures of reflections of himself in the bathroom mirror and and he had dentures so he was always making funny like goofy little faces with his dentures that us grandkids just loved and and he would make these photos and then he learned how to use email those were the days you know hotmail came out and and AOL and and all that 
and he would email those to us. So he was a real early adopter and he really caught on, I think, in, in the early days that that technology can be used to connect with family from a distance. And I thought that was really inspiring. And I, I still feel uh, I still look at those emails to this day. And when I have a hard day and I think, wow, it wasn't wasn't that amazing that that someone was able to to have the the foresight to know that we could use this technology in a way that that could really connect us and last way past his lifetime. And I would say that uh, having him learn how to do digital photography had to be driven by something, something significant. Yeah. Did he ever tell you? He, he never told me, but I can tell you that he was a creative person. He was often described as a gentleman barber with the soul of a poet. And mm. he was always connecting with, with people. He loved the arts. He was a singer, very talented person. And so he, he enjoyed photography. He, he learned digital photography. I think it was another grandson actually introduced him to the idea of taking those pictures via digital photography and started taking the photos and sharing it with us. Mm, that's really neat. What a neat legacy. Yeah, that is. You know, I think it's interesting. You have grandparents with such interesting names. You have grandparents whose last name is mm -hmm. Grace, which means gift. It sounds like they, she, your mm -hmm. grandma was a real gift to you. Maybe you can talk a little bit more about Grandma Grace, mm -hmm. and then we'll talk about Grandma and Grandpa Grit, which I I was like, when I heard that name, I was like, hmm, is it really Grit, or are you just calling them that? <laughs> I get that question a lot, and, and it, it, these these are terms of endearment. They they, they have different na real names, uh, but I, I use grace and grit because it they they are apt descriptions of the values uh, and, and just overall lessons that they cultivated within my life. And when I think about them and the contrast that it, that it really exists uh, between the two sets of grandparents, it's. It's unbelievable uh, when I look look at my life, I think, what a blessing just to have this this spectrum of influence that I that I was able mm -hmm. to draw upon. And every bit of it has been useful in different situations, and it's helped me become who I am. So definitely not the real names, but it okay. perfectly describes what I learned from them. Yeah. So when you were with Grandma Grace, just a little bit longer, you were only there for how long? I was with Grandma Grace for a year living with her. What do you think she taught you and what do you think you were able to bring to her life? Yes. Well, when I first started living with Grandma Grace, we were really getting to know each other because again, growing up, she was always in the background, always very much cared for her, but we didn't really have a super strong bond at that time. Like I didn't, I didn't feel like I really, really knew her. And then we started going out to dinners together. And I remember there was this one icebreaker type moment. And and I got to tell you, first, let me set this up. Grandma Grace is like the uh, epitome of politeness. Just when you think of a traditional grandma, it's Grandma Grace. She's just super kind and and she's she's going to church and she's taught you know, the Sunday school and, and all of mm -hmm. that. She has the, the ice cream whip sort of hairdo. So we're coming, we're going to dinner one night and I remember we're driving along and I don't know, we were just, you know, the conversation was, was just kind of running dry. And then I saw her just gazing out the window. And then she says to me, Aaron, you see that hill over there? I go, yes, grandma, I see it. She goes, yeah, well, me and grandpa steamed up many a window on that hill. 
And I thought, Grandma, what? Because I goes, well, you know, I would never even think of my that set of grandparents like that. Just not not in a million years. I mean, they they slept in different beds. I always thought that was strange growing up, and you know, I would just never thought of that. But it was it was like that moment when when and I think you probably have these like with your closest friends. When mm-hmm. you've reached a point of uh, to allow that vulnerability that mm-hmm. can happen. And since yeah. that moment, we started to really share life. And I felt more uh, comfortable with sharing what I was going through at that time, just trying to find my place and, and understand, you know, where, where do I fit in in this crazy, chaotic world that I graduated into? Yeah, this is a thread that I hear from a lot of grandparents and that we have to have transparency and vulnerability in order to have connection with our uh, grandchildren. So it's nice to hear that. A lot of what we talk about, though, is having a a certain intentionality to sort of drive into that space where vulnerability and intimacy can happen with people that you wouldn't necessarily expect it. It sounds like you kind of fell into this almost accidentally, certainly without warning when, when your grandmother disclosed this to you. How do you feel about the difference between waiting to let it happen naturally or or moving more with more intention into that place where you can be your full self and encourage grandparents to be their full selves? It's it's almost an art, but I feel like the more that you're around someone, the more that you get the sense of when the timing is right. Mm-hmm. And and I think that in certain situations, you, you don't want to disclose things too soon because it can be way too forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say that it's baby steps are very important uh, in any relationship. And especially, I think, between, I think with grandkids and grandparents, I think there's actually probably a little bit more uh, leeway and grandparents can be, in, in these days, they can be more transparent without any risks, uh, necessary any major risks, and that the these grandchildren and, and especially those who are adolescents, uh, I think it's actually attractive uh, in a lot of ways to to them. You know, depending on the way that it's delivered in the conversation. Because authenticity know. is important to them, and they probably don't get enough of it anyway. Yeah, it's super valued. I think. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So what did you bring to the relationship? So she she started to be a little more vulnerable with you. What did you bring to her relationship? What did you teach grandma? Well, I realized that she really missed her own kids. And and she wasn't sure, you know, they, they called and things like that. But I was thinking, well, Facebook was just starting to rise and, and it expanded beyond colleges and universities and, and became accessible to people like my grandma. So I got. I taught her how to use Facebook, and to this day, she's almost ninety-five years old. I see her, she comments on my posts. She she comments on other grandkids. She's staying in touch with That's all amazing. her her family, and it's been a. It's just been vital for her, and and she is just. When it comes to words with friends, don't even go there because she will just <laughs> annihilate you in the sweetest, <laughs> most gent- gentlest way. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. Just even being open to living with a grandparent and then listening and watching and observing all those things. Moving forward, you you left living with Grandma Grace and you went and lived with who you call Granny Grit and Grandpa Grit. 
And was what was the reasoning behind that, leaving Grandma Grace and going to another grandparent's? What it came down to was my grandpa Grit had a stroke in a few years prior while I was in college. And uh he was he was another uh hero in my life. He played in a honky tonk band, played bass, he was a uh worked for a timber company. Uh he was just kind of rough around the edges, fisherman type, and and he was always just playing tricks uh, uh with us grandkids and just he was so fun to be around. And to have him have a stroke like so soon after his retirement, it, it was it just just really uh, it felt felt so unfair. Mm. Uh, just that someone would work all their life and then right after they retirement yeah. have a stroke. And so Granny Grit was helping care for him. He was half paralyzed. He, he could only use one side of his body. He couldn't really uh, speak words except for a few choice words, mm. which I won't repeat on this show, but uh, apparently that's pretty common with, with, uh, those who suffer from a stroke. <laughs> like there's certain words that have these consonants, uh, that are easy, easier to pronounce. Right. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he had the stroke and I kept, I kept yeah. thinking, how do I get there back down there? Cause I would spend time in the summers, uh, at their place, which we call the funny farm. It's out in, in the country. And, there are horses and animals and, and you just can just, there's the cell phones don't work out there. So it's completely unplugged and grandma has her garden, just a wonderful place. And I kept thinking, how do I get back there? And it just so happened that there was this job that opened up for a, a video um, commercial producer at the local television station in this very small town where they lived and during the recession. And I again, I didn't take any college courses on this, is not what I studied, but I would sometimes skip nutrition class to <laughs> drive up to the Portland, the closest metro city, and I would volunteer and, and intern for for this video studio, helping to make music videos. And I, I would do whatever they wanted. And I would I learned how to edit videos and, and work on set and all that. And I didn't know where that was going, but it ended up getting me that job. Uh, down in Roseburg, and where I live now, and it allowed me to, you know, basically uh, be there for my grandpa and and for my my granny who she never she was not the kind of person who would ever ask for help never not in a million years, uh, but there was so much that she was doing mm-hmm. I, I just knew that that could be a place where I could add value and that's mm-hmm. I felt like in that time of my life I needed to add value in some way because it. It wasn't turning out the way I had imagined going into college. Yeah. Well, so interesting. That's a great segue, actually, because what you're doing now is an add value thing. And why don't you tell us a little bit about mm-hmm. grandparentsacademy.com? Because that is, uh, it, you know, you're you're kind of not the ordinary person to be doing Grandparents Academy since, what, you're in your 30s, you know, and here you are. Yeah talking about grandparents. But I, I love that. I mean, we you're not the only person we've talked to who is uh, young-ish. Um, how old are your children? You have children now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I have a four-year-old and uh, one that's six months. Okay. So you're obviously not a grandparent. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and yeah, I started Gr- Grandparents Academy back in 2011. And at that time, I'll do the math really quick, I was 25. And so that was during the time when I was living with Granny Grit. (laughs) 
grandpa had just passed away and that was really um i would say an, an influential moment in my life because he decided to pass at home he wanted to pass at home and so i was there uh during that whole time and i got to see his final moments and i got to be there with him and it gave me uh, just a reality check and, and i realized that if i'm going to spend the precious moments that i have in life i want to do it in a way that I feel honors the blessings and gifts that I had been blessed with myself. Mm -hmm. And if I could multiply those in some way that I would be doing uh, what I need to be doing, like it would be a calling. And so I got to thinking, I really love grandparents. I love helping them. And I have skills when it comes to digital. And I remembered teaching grandma how to use Facebook. And I thought, what if I could use this to help more grandparents out there to have the kind of relationships that I had with my own grandparents. I think it could be world changing, yeah. you know, in so many ways. Yeah. And so I threw up a, a, a website and I started to uh, get a few guides out there and and just over time I went it was definitely didn't just explode. I think it's <laughs> taken a long time to to start to see uh get the reach that we've we've gotten now, but it was uh I feel like it's it's something that was on my heart and something that I felt like, and I feel now even, that no matter what, what I'm doing, maybe it's not my full-time job or anything like that, but it's something that I need to be investing in. And so I've been doing that for about 12 years now. And what can we expect from grandparentsacademy.com? I mean, what what does a grandparent have to learn by going to grandparentsacademy.com? Oh, yes. Thanks. Great question. It's, well, first of all, we have Right now, this spring, we have over we have fourteen master classes taught by world class experts, including some of the guests that have been on your show, Carrie Byrne, long distance grandparent. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. teaching grandparenting from a distance. Dee Dee Moore, she's helping new grandparents. So, any grandparent at any stage, they can find something, whether it's uh, intentionally cultivating values uh, with your grandchildren, whether it's uh, connecting with them. There are a lot of alienated grandparents who have been. Uh, unjustly uh, cut off from seeing their grandkids. And we have a lot of resources for alienated grandparents as well. So Aaron, how can we find out more about this and how can people sign up for it? And is there a cost involved? Yeah. So grandparentsacademy.com is where anyone who's listening can find out more. We have free resources. Uh, We have a, a membership where you get access to over, I have over a hundred of them that are readily available for, for members and also uh, a couple of free signature courses as part of the membership. And then they get 50% off any course that we have on there. So it's a really good deal for members. And then we have the courses themselves, which are, uh, are uh, paid courses uh, that they can enjoy. And then lastly, we have two summits each year so far that we're launched. We we hold, and one is for alienated grandparents, and one is for just celebrating grandparenthood. We call it Grandparents Week, and these summits are always going to be general. The mission would will be free, and then there's some uh, like VIP passes if if someone wants to upgrade and, and get special uh, recordings and and things like that. So there there's a good blend of of free. Uh, resources and then paid resources as well. 
I'm impressed. I hope to be able to rate a VIP ticket, score a VIP <laughs> ticket someday. <laughs> Maybe we can do that. Um, Aaron, I appreciate your time. And um, hopefully our listeners will take advantage of some of this stuff. It's coming up soon, right? So they need to sign up soon. Yes, our, our spring catalog is readily available. And we have a couple courses starting in March and several others starting in April and May. So there's some time. Great. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for your time. We appreciate you having you on. Thanks, Aaron. Bet. Thank you. That was Aaron Larson. Aaron created GrandparentsAcademy.com, the first and only online academy designed exclusively for grandparents. And since 2011, GrandparentsAcademy.com has reached millions worldwide, becoming the go-to destination for lifelong learners who are over the moon and back for their grandchildren. Now, if you have any questions or comments, what can they do, Mike? Well, you can always email us at GrandLifeConnection at gmail.com. That's all one word, GrandLifeConnection. Now, we've been living with our children the past months, so that's kind of backwards, but we've been living with them and have about another month to go bopping around from house to house. Uh, we're happy to report, though, that we have bought a townhome near where one of our children lives. And, you know, what do you think, Mike? We're within a month of maybe settling in? It's going to be pretty rocky, the road is, between now and then. We've been living in basements. We've been living in rooms that are packed to the to the gills with with boxes and yeah. we still have a lot of household goods that we are not going to take forward with us because this is about downsizing. Yeah. So it's been a little bit of a bumpy ride and you know there may be a couple of weeks in here where we have to skip an episode. We will try to do our best though to be here for you as we progress through the move. So don't feel uh, like something's really wrong if uh, Friday morning comes and there's not a new episode there. <laughs> just just know that we're doing what we can. We're just like wading through everything that we have to do. Um, you know, if you've been through this, please feel free to send us an encouraging message. I was talking to our son about this whole experience, and he's a marathon runner. He just ran the New York City Marathon not too long ago. And I was likening what we're going through to a marathon and I was asking him, so how does that feel when you're in the middle of a marathon? And his his answer was strangely familiar, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it was sounded just like what we're going through. He's like, you're tired, and you're ready to quit, and you're wondering why you even signed up for it in the first place, and your team of people are waiting for you at the finish line. Problem is, you're not there yet. But, you know, we're getting closer by the day. And in a few more weeks, we'll have this all behind us. In the meantime, I'm Emily Morgan. And I'm Mike Morgan. And thanks for joining us in Living the Grand Life. Life.